How you guys doing? You guys good? It's good to be, man. It's good to be. Um, turn your Bibles to First Timothy. As you guys turn your Bibles there, this is our last week in First Timothy. Next week, we're going to start um, the week, uh, the month of February. We're going to finish, uh, start and finish Second uh, Timothy. Yeah, so th- tonight... Uh, there's more. There's more to cover about godliness in First Timothy, but um, we'll try to get as much covered tonight as we can. Um, so keep you guys uh, fingers there. Um, Jocelyn has. Uh, she's going to share with us. Uh, uh, it's like a uh, what do you call it, Caps? No. Uh, spoken word. So she has like a poem slash spoken word that she uh, made last week, um, and we didn't get a chance to share last week, but uh, we do have some time tonight, and uh, it's it's a pretty lengthy one, but it's really good. has some great insight on it, and if you um, if you uh, want to get a copy, I'm sure you can get it from her since it's written, which is action. Um, but let's pray for Jocelyn. And uh, pray for tonight, and uh, pray for God to speak to us. Amen? Let's do, uh, repeat after me. Father God, thanks for tonight. Thanks for being committed to us. Thanks that you still speak. We pray that you give us ears to hear and a heart to understand all that you have for us. Thank you for Jocelyn. Use her heart. Use her voice. To speak life to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Um, hi, everybody. Um, so I pretty much just um, wrote a poem. It's kind of like about everything, like about Christianity in general. Um, I don't know. It's just um, what was on my heart that night, which was after discipleship with Summer. So um, just pretty much wrote down everything that was in my mind, and I just feel like, I don't know, I guess I have to share it. If your shirt says, love God, love others, are you honoring your fathers and mothers? In the Bible, it says to love thy neighbor. You talk behind their back, but ask for a favor. The first thing God wants us to know is he loves us, yet we still throw his love under the bus. God can say a lot of negative things about us. He has scoldings to do, but yet the first thing he says is, I love you. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross. Don't you think we should be treating him like the boss? We like to show off our best whip and nene, but where would, you go, where would you go if he showed up today? You go to church on Sunday and show up every Monday night, but are you really ready to join this fight? Our job is to go and spread the good news, not who's the best boyfriend or girlfriend to choose. You sit at home, Netflix and chill, but are you, are you willing to pay for the sin that's on your bill? You're lucky Jesus took care of that with his blood. You, don't, you didn't get struck by lightning or wiped out by a flood. In Mark 13.30, it says, Love your God with all your mind, heart, strength, and soul, not just put some coins or your phone in a bowl. Don't get me wrong, God loves a cheerful giver, but do you give with happiness or give with a shiver? In the Bible, there's a lot of do's and do nots. It's okay, don't stress, the world's already fought. God defeated sin, the devil is put away, yet it doesn't mean we can sit and play. We have a job, that's why he left us here, to make, a, to make God known, not sit back in fear. Some of us are smart or strong or rich, but that doesn't, don't just take your talent and ditch. God gave it to you so you can use it in his name, not just be some all-star and always win the game. 
You need to take the Christian life more seriously, even if others look at you curiously. We have to all trust and obey, for there really is no other way. There are, ma there are major problems that Jesus already condemns, like we were all born with rebellious hearts. We sin, we lie, we murder, and many more parts. We are filthy, we are dirty, and anyone we see, we get all flirty. We worry about what we look like, trying not to get fatter, but when we go to heaven, does it really all matter? We wear the trending clothes, buy the nicest shoes, but is this really the life God wants us to choose? When you make an Instagram post or status on Facebook, are you trying to make an impact or concerned, or concerned about who will look? When you post the picture, are you promoting God or are you worried your followers will think it's odd? Are you, you should be making fishes of men, not trying to make yourself a 10 out of 10. God loves you for you. That's why he chose you to go and, make, to go and be a disciple and not stay here your whole life and listen to Kaipo. He's only here for so long for he's soon to have a wife. So it's time to, make, to take what he's saying and apply it to your life. Yeah, we're a pretty mess of generation, but way old ones, we're soon to have a revelation. All the young ones, all the youth will rise for those we love and those we despise. All of, you sitting, all of you sitting here, we need to take over, show that Jesus is our Savior, show the devil it's over. Our generation may have came up with thriller and musically, but we will show everyone that Jesus is the one and only. Don't just, get up, don't just wake up in the morning and dab, make yourself look nice and think you're all fab. You, as a youth, are a child of the Father, you're the chosen son, and you're the chosen daughter. Don't just read the Bible every now and then, do you really think that that will get you to heaven? You see, if you plan on breaking the law, you plan on going to jail. So if you plan on not going to heaven, plan on going to hell. You can't be living the double life, for the Lord our God is the one that gave you life. Don't just look at it as another day going by, for if you don't know Jesus, you better hope you don't die. He gave it to you, and he can take it, and in an instant take it away. So should we really be living our lives this way? Are you ready to take the stand, stand in the line, hand in hand, to fight with our God, and show Satan who's boss? Oh, wait, I forgot, Satan's already lost. You see, God did this for you, made all the animals in the sky so blue. You see all of those plants God carefully planted? Let's just not sit back and take it for granted. Don't you want to see those streets of gold that God so promisingly told? To spend eternity with the one and only so we don't have to stay here all so lonely. I'm, sure if, I'm not sure if you understand what he did for all of us, for everyone, all the servants, and all those ballers. Let's all, let's not all leave here tonight knowing we already won the fight, but not by ourselves, but with Jesus because he made us and he feeds us. So let's probably look above for if we know God, we know love. Come on. Come on. Yeah. That was good, that was good stuff right there. Ooh. Action. Jocelyn, that was good. That was good right there. Keppel, let's make a video with that. Like a sick video where she reads it in the audio and we make like little flashes of what she's talking about in the background. And then we'll send it out to millions of followers in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaipo, who's that? That was a sick line, by the way. A little Kaipo one. Awesome. Well, we've been talking about um, godliness from First Timothy recently. Um, what a miracle it is for us to have people describe us as being godly. Amen? 
to being like Christ. Another term for godliness is Christian. The world gave that tag to the early church and they said, these guys are Christians. Literally, these people are just like the Jesus guy. You know the Christ guy? These guys act like him. These guys talk like him. These guys behave like him. Yeah? I know, Kiko, you weren't here that other week, but um, Megan shared, and I'm going to just brag on a little bit. Megan was sharing with me um, that she's like, you know, Kiko, I love that guy because he's a Christian at church and at school. Shaka, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. You know, that despite our flaws and our failures, people still see Jesus, you know, people still see Jesus. So, uh, so tonight I want to talk about what God requires for men, for the brothers in here, and then we'll talk about what godly women look like according to First Timothy, and then we'll talk like, uh, we'll talk a little bit about youth, yeah, and what God shares about youth you know before we become men and women how are we supposed to be godly youth before we become godly men and godly women okay all right so um first timothy chapter 3 verse 14 and 15 the apostle paul writes i hope to come to you soon but i am writing these things to you so that if i delay and here's the, the why behind the what. I'm going to give you guys the what right now, yeah, as we talk tonight. But it's really uh, why do we live the what that Jesus tells us to live, amen? So the why behind it, Paul says, if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of truth, if indeed we confess, is the mystery of godliness. So there's a mystery yeah, of godliness. And what is that mystery? That we who are not godly get to be godly. Pretty awesome? Like we who are not godly at all, we actually become godly because God himself lives inside of us. You guys get that? Like, we get to be like God. Why? Because the spirit of the living God lives inside of us. It says when we become Christians, we no longer live to satisfy the desires of the flesh. We live to satisfy what? The desires of the spirit. When we become believers, we no longer satisfy the desires of the flesh and the world. We really desire to satisfy the desires of the spirit. Right? Because God lives inside of us. When we become believers in Jesus, the spirit of the living God comes inside of us. That's the miracle, the mystery of godliness. That it's not the spirit of the world any longer that lives inside of us. But it's the very spirit of God that lives inside of us. So it shouldn't be that hard really to be godly. Why? Because his spirit lives inside of us. I mean, how, how do we convince non-believers to become like God? Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? It's tough. It's real tough because prior to them knowing about the love of God, they only know about the law of God. 
you know, like Christianity is all about rules and regulations, but we understand that before we behave, we belong. Amen? That we belong to God, that he's chosen us, that he loves us regardless of our sins. And so because God chose us and nothing can separate us from his love and he's casted out his sin, our sin, as far as the east is from the west, he says, then we learn how to behave. Amen? Amen? And so it's, there's a mystery of godliness where we get to be like God because when we came to believe, the spirit of the living God came into our lives and we became fully immersed. Yeah, like baptism. For those who've been baptized in the water, when we become believers, we can get baptized in his spirit. Amen? So even when the water dries, we still can live for Jesus. Amen? You guys get it? So simply, yeah, there's a way that we're supposed to behave as believers in Jesus because we belong to Jesus. Yeah? You guys get that? Like if you belong to Jesus, you're not supposed to be doing the same thing that the world is doing. Amen? Shaka? Okay? Okay, so let's get into it. So let's start with the guys first. Okay, and then we'll get to the girls later. So let's start with, um, so Paul talks about uh, overseers. He talks about deacons as male figures, okay? And he gives a list off of people who, or or men who desire to become a deacon or an overseer. And he gives a list of attributes, characteristics, lifestyles, behaviors that men are supposed to mimic. So, for all us young men in here, us young men, you like that? Yay. Okay. Um, this is your job description right here. If you desire to be a holy man, a godly man, this is what a holy, godly man looks like in the Lord's eyes. You ready? This is good. Okay. Um, so 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This is a trustworthy saying. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Verse 2, therefore an overseer must be, number one, above reproach. Okay, so all us guys inside here, yeah, the males in here, we're supposed to be above reproach, which means that there's not even like a hint of sin really in our lives. Like when people come and try to accuse us of things, really, they don't have anything, yeah, to pin us on. Okay, so we're supposed to live above reproach. Okay? Um, Second, the husband of one wife. Okay? So as you guys are thinking about the future, let's just keep it simple. Amen? Okay? Sober-minded. Okay? Not just sober in the flesh, which we'll get to, but sober in your mind. Like not thinking too highly of yourself. Pride, brothers. Amen. Amen. And pride is, is a tricky thing because pride isn't only about the guys who show off. Sometimes pride can be the guys who never talk. It's like false humility. 
So I had this, I had this uh, I've used this example before. I had this friend who uh, graduated from college. He was a real whiz. He desired to be a dental, uh, an, an oral surgeon, okay? So like he did surgery on your teeth, okay? Um, after college, he had to take a test to get into um, dental school. He studied for a year straight, like every day, study. And this is not even in class. This is just at his house. He lost like 25 pounds. Uh, we wanted to take him out for his dinner and uh, take him out for dinner on his birthday. And even on that day, he's like, uh, uh, I don't know if I can. And we're like, well, what, are you, what are you talking about? You know. Anyway, he came out to dinner with us that night. The year went by. He actually took his tests, and we didn't get the results for a while. And then I talked to him a couple months later, and I said, hey, so what was your results? And he's like, ah, you know, I, did, I did pretty good. I'm like, shut up. Like, bro, you just studied 300 plus days straight for this one test. And you're brilliant. Like, what did you get? And he's like, actually, I tested in the top 1% in the nation. Holy moly. Like, pretty much, he got a chance to go to any dental school that he wanted to. And I was like, hold up, hold up. Hold up real fast. And this guy's a believer in Jesus, okay? And I'm like, let's just get this thing straight. So you understand that it was pretty hard for you, for you to do this, right? He's like, yeah, it was like the, the, one of the toughest things I ever had to do. I'm like, you understand that God gave you the strength to study for 300 plus days this year. He's like, bro, it was crazy, like so hard for me. And I'm like, you understand that all of these results is like a miracle, you know? And it is like attested to God being present in your life. He's like, there's no way in the world I would have been able to do this without Jesus. And so I told him, you are robbing God of glory if you do not share this testimony with those who ask. For me, that's false humility. That's pride. That's him putting himself in front of the work of God in his life. Amen? All that we do is supposed to turn back to glory to God. So for us to do that too much where we get all the attention, that's pride. Amen? For us to do that not enough can be pride. Amen? So it's, it's, the, it's both end. Okay? So it's both end. Uh, you guys follow me, brothers? So above reproach, husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled. Okay? Self-controlled. That means we don't we don't just open our mouth in rage and cuss at people. We're not punching walls. We're not throwing fits. Like, that is not what a godly man is supposed to be about. We're not spirit-controlled. We are what? We're controlled in our self. Like, we tell our flesh and our bodies what it's supposed to do, not the other way around. You know, like our bodies and our flesh has a drive of its own. You understand? But we have to understand that our minds, which are guarded in God's word, needs to tell our bodies what to do, not the other way around. Like when we're emotionally driven and we're like angry and we're frustrated, we're not just supposed to do whatever we want. That there should be some type of restraint in our flesh. I mean, people laugh about that now. Praise God, because I've been delivered. 
and I try to make sure I continue to be delivered from the kaipo face. <laughs> yeah? As mild as that face may be for some, it comes from a bitter and frustrated spirit that is not godly. Amen? So I might not be punching walls or kicking kids in the face or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't do things like that, but it doesn't mean that I have a, a way out of this, you know? Like, I still have to control my words. I have to control my facial expressions, like, to be self-controlled. Okay? All right, let's continue. They need to be respectable, okay? Which means you're not respecting yourself, but other people look at you and they're like, these are respectable men. He's a respectable person. Which is defined more by our actions, yeah? Than our thoughts. You follow me, Mark? Okay, it's not, it's not good enough just to have the right motive but we've got to have the right action. Amen? Okay. They must be hospitable. Okay? Hospital means as people come inside to your house or into your sphere, like we should greet people. We shouldn't be the thugs in the back of the church being like, what's up? You know, like thug in the back of the church. That just doesn't make sense, you know? Okay? Like we should greet people. If people come into the house of God, we should be the people who introduce ourselves, say, hey, how's it going? Okay? Because there's all kinds of different people that come into the house of God. Yeah? Some people who really need Jesus, you know, some people who have Jesus, we don't know what the stories are. But let me just throw this out there, guys, that I love what Pastor Greg says, that the, the role of a pastor, and I think even of a shepherd, of a husband, of a godly man, is to feed, to lead, and to protect. I think a lot of the church can be protected if the young men and the men were the frontline greeters, you know? Like we are in the habit of greeting people because sometimes there's just strange people that come into the church. And we are the frontline protectors, amen? amen? Like we're not just leaving up to God in heaven to protect us. As godly men, we are to protect those who are around us, Amen? And so how do we do that? We greet and welcome people, and we check the spirit. We check the spirit in people. Oh, this guy, oh, this guy there's something funny about this guy. Or maybe there's peace in your spirit, like, hey, Shaka, this new guy, he's, he's solid. That's what I do. I feel like I am a protector of what happens here. Yeah? Like your parents are trusting me, yeah? And the leaders are trusting in us, and I feel like we are protectors. Yes of all of you in here. And so as people come in here, boom, we check them. Not just people and new visitors, even the regulars that bring in spirits with them that are not godly. Those are the the scary ones. The ones that we don't know, we are aware, you know? Like you guys not going to let a stranger come in and tell you, like give you advice and, and tell you about your life and stuff like that, you know? Like, it just is a little weird. Okay? But if it's a, a person who comes all the time, hey, follow me, follow me. If it's a person that comes all the time, and maybe they start talking to you about things that aren't, are Bible-ish, 
They're kind of godly, but they're not really godly. See, those are the scary ones. The wolf in sheep's clothing. The people come in and they, they're a little off a little bit. Okay, I've met them over the years. Okay, and it's good for us as men of God to know God's word, to be able to discern that type of spirit. Okay, so we are the protectors. Amen? Amen. You guys following me, brothers? Okay, good. Let's continue. Um, Respectable, hospitable, able to, and this is a good one. And it's not just the pastor's role. What does that next one say? They're able to teach. Okay? I don't have to expand too much on that, but we not just call like what Jocelyn said in her in her uh, spoken word. That it's not good enough just to read our Bibles. Like we want to get to a place where we can teach God's word. Amen. Because one day, if you're not the head of a church, you're going to be the head of a household. And who's going to lead your family? It needs to be you. It's not the pastor's job to lead your family. It's the man's role to lead in a godly way. Shaka? With truth and grace. Amen? Amen. Truth and grace. Truth and forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Truth and kindness. Truth and gentleness. Truth and patience. Okay? I like this next one. A godly man must not be a drunk. A godly man must not be violent. A godly man must not be quarrelsome. Like always edgy, always ready to get a scrap, you know, always like on the edge. You know, still to this day, and, and I say this in, 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 with, with all sincerity and, 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 and gratitude towards God, but I, I still have not yet drank alcohol in my life. And you guys know that. I've, I've said that before. But there's reasons why. There's reasons why. You guys study, okay? You guys study alcohol and those who consume alcohol. You let me know if there's any benefit from people who do that or from alcohol itself, and I'll start drinking. Up until this point in my life, I haven't found any benefit from alcohol consumption. But I've seen a list of destructive things that alcohol can produce in life. I've seen people die. I've seen people lose, lose family members. I mean, you talk about alcohol-related things, and the list is endless of destructive things that come from alcohol consumption. So let me just throw that out there. I'm not telling you you cannot drink, but I'm telling you, you make a list. You study it for yourself. Alcohol consumption, does it add anything to your life that is really of value? Yeah? I have not yet found any value of it in my life, and so I do not choose to consume that. And for me to be a manly, uh, a godly man, yeah, I want to make sure that, yeah, I'm not a drunkard, nor am I violent, nor am I quarrelsome. Okay? On the opposite, we're not, well, and we're not supposed to be lovers of money, okay? but rather we should be gentle. We should manage um, our own household well with all dignity. And then as, you know, 
so this is not present, but future, keeping um, children submissive, amen, like the role of a man in the house, yeah, to teach. I mean, my mom, I love my mom. Mom has always been caring and compassionate and loving, but it wasn't the hammer of my mom that kept me in line. Like, I I love my mom, and and I didn't fear her, praise God. Yeah, I really loved her food and her comforting. Yeah, I loved her gentleness. I loved her prayers. When it came to my dad, it was a whole different story. I knew when my dad came home, and I always knew, like, if I, I would always wage in my mind, huh, if I do this, ramifications, yeah, no, I probably shouldn't. You know, like, I just had that process in my mind. And not that we should do that as when it's our time to become fathers, yeah, young guys, we should do it in a loving manner, but it's our duty to raise our kids up in a godly way. Amen? To honor their parents and to honor those around them, to behave. It's not just the mom's job. Yeah? It's partly, yeah, the father's job. I know, like, you know, you young guys in here aren't fathers yet, but this is something to aspire to. Okay? All right. Um, verse 5. Uh, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace or into a snare of the devil. Amen? Amen. Okay? So, godly men, yeah? That means you're not recent godly men. That there's fruit that can grow in your life that doesn't come overnight and it's not found in a one-night bow on the altar. Like in order for us to be godly, it comes over time. Okay? So stay at it, yeah? Young men that are in here, older men that are in here, stay at it. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking God. Asking God for wisdom to know how to be the man that God wants me to be. Amen? Amen. No, no, you're not texting anybody, yeah? Shaka, I hope you're taking notes. Good. Um, okay, let me get through deacons real fast. So another role, but also roles of godly men. Uh, likewise, deacons must be dignified, uh, not double-tongued, okay? Uh, not addicted to wine, uh, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first. Um, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. So that means we got to do like diligence, you know? Like we got to serve for a season and see if we are able, yeah, to be responsible for the things that God has put in our lives. Amen? Amen. Okay? Like tested, seasoned, mature. I know we're just talking about overseers and deacons, but really, I feel like this could be a definition for all men. Amen? Amen. Definition for all men. Okay, so um, lastly, uh, go to chapter 2, verse 8. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Okay, guys, this is, this is your probably one of the most important things that we need men to do. And not just men, women, but it does say men here. Paul says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray 
lifting up holy hands without anger or quarreling. Amen? Amen. So, uh, three things. You guys can all take notes for those who are taking notes. God has, there's God's desire, okay? And what is his desire? His desire is that all would be saved and all would come to a knowledge of the truth. That's chapter 2, 5, and 6. So God's desire that all would be saved and everybody come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? That's kind of what we talked about in uh, every week, but also in our winter camp, yeah? Truth, the difference between truth and lies, okay? So God's desire is that all would be saved and come to knowledge of truth, okay? How is this accomplished? Okay, it's accomplished through our godly life, amen? Okay, by his power, amen? And that power is released through prayer. So for those who are taking notes, I'll do that again. Okay, God desires all to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. That's 2 Timothy, I mean, 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6. God's desire, yeah, that all would be saved is accomplished through us, yeah, by his power that comes through prayer. Like, how do we get the power of God? Through prayer, spending time with God. Amen? So we're not just going off of our own strength. We're actually going off of the strength of God. Okay? You guys need me to repeat any of that? Okay. Women. Ladies, you guys ready? Okay, uh, chapter 2, verse 9. The role of females within the church. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a winner. It's a winner. Okay? I'm going to bring some context to this. So... Hear what, hear what the word has to say. Amen? Okay, so sec, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. Likewise, also, that women should adorn themselves, and I love this. What should women wear? Respectable apparel. And what is respectable apparel? Modesty and self-control. Like, what do you wear? Modesty and self-control. That's awesome. I feel like there's so much freedom there. Like what God is not saying, yeah, or Paul's not teaching Timothy, he's like, he's not saying that girls cannot uh, dress with fashion. He's not saying you, you guys cannot dress with cute clothes or cool fashion or cool design. What he's saying is, in the things that you wear, dress yourself with modesty and self-control. Like you don't have to walk around with like the baggiest clothes all the time. Amen? Right? It's like 90 degrees outside and you have like a sweater and a hoodie and like sweatpants. I'm just saying. Okay? There's not feedback. There's no feedback right now. Okay? So I love the freedom. Like, Like hear what Hear what the word isn't saying. Amen? Amen? Like there's, there's really no restriction here. There's just guidance. 
Like the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, like with the women, this would be super honoring of God. You know what a godly woman is supposed to be like? Someone who adorns and wears modesty and self-control. Because, I mean, you hear it, right? You hear it in the language. Where like you, you can look at a girl and how she dresses and you're going to say like, that girl is a... <laughs> Just because of what they wear. Amen? Sometimes you look at the girl like, oh... Right? Or you can see someone who is beautiful, yeah? And they've dressed themselves in self control and modesty, and you're like, that girl is beautiful. <laughs> shaka, shaka. Hey, hey, high five to that, Kikoa. Yeah, baby. That's biblical right there. High five for beautiful, modest, self controlled women. Shaka to that, Kikoa. Everybody's laughing. I'm like, I'll second that. See, all the other guys in here are like, <laughs> okay, so let's continue. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some context to this next piece. So Paul says, not with braided hair and gold and pearls or costly attire, okay, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So let me bring some, some context to that. When, when Paul was living, the, the, the prostitutes, the whores, those who really wanted attention adorned themselves with the gold and the pearls and the braided hair. I think, and, and I feel like this is an accurate interpretation of, of God's word, that, that we can be modest, not we, women, you, okay, can be modest in the 21st century with jewelry, with design and fashion in your hair, and still bring glory to God. I don't think that we have to, like, you got to bring context into what is happening right here, okay? So, so really, so get that third part, right? So he said we should, or women should, dress themselves with modesty, self-control, and did you get the third one? What is the last one I just read? No. 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 With good works. You speak out, no, no. Okay? Yeah? Well, in a sense, right? But with what is proper for women who profess godliness. And, and really, like, how do we profess godliness? Not in just with our mouth, but with our actions. Paul is saying, if, if, if the women are going to dress themselves in any way, let them dress themselves with good works. How shaka is that? Like that's so much deeper than the exterior clothing that you have on you. And how redeeming is that, ladies? That you're not defined by how you look, but you're defined by the work that God is working in and through you and out of you. That there's evidence of your creator inside of you. That there's so much more than just how you look 
And it absolutely breaks my heart when I think about the world and how gnarly the world is, how you guys are so judged by how you dress. Okay, and you guys are so much more than that. So what I, my encouragement to you is, is don't limit yourself to exterior beauty. You can dress in a way where you're beautiful, okay? But you got to understand that your beauty goes so much deeper than just what you wear. You guys are loved and created and thought of by God just as you are so in the beauty of god accepting you and creating you with perfection dress yourself accordingly you know what i mean like your daddy your creator he knows you and how you've been created and he loves you despite knowing all of you there's nothing that you can do to get more of his attention. So because you have all of his attention, dress accordingly. Like he loves you regardless of what you wear. And I, and I feel like he wants you to, to feel good about yourself. So dress how you want to dress. As long as, it's, it's, as long as it has good works attached to it, modesty attached to that, and self-control attached to that. Just like how I address the men, okay, the boys in here, women, yeah, ladies. There's a level of self inside of you that is such a loud voice sometimes, but sometimes it's an ungodly voice. The godly voice of insecurity and uncertainty so much times determines how you act and how you dress and how you behave. But that's why, just like the men, you guys got to guard your minds and guard your lifestyles by the words of your father more than the words of the world. You cannot find your meaning in the world. Why? Because the world changes. If you try to define and bring meaning to your life, by what is popular, you know, like this is what's cool right now. Everybody is giving attention to these things, so I'm going to wear these things. What happens when those things change? The fads change. The fad, the, fad, the fad moves. If you've put all your meaning and worth in the things that are changing, then sometimes you're going to feel good. Sometimes you're not going to feel good. But there's a truth here. There's a real victory here where God says, I love you just how you've been created. And that goes way deeper than what you wear. So because your exterior dress really is of no difference to God, dress accordingly. And dress how he's created you with fashion and design and, and, and creativity, you know? We on the same page? Okay? I think a lot of times... We, we, we hear the words of what God's word says we cannot do, but I, I feel like there's so much freedom here. Yeah? Like God's like, give them. Amen? Yes. Just do it with modesty and self-control and make sure that it's surrounded with 
good works. You know, let, be, let those things be the things that define us. Okay, a couple more, and then we're out of here. Girls, verse 11, let a woman, let a woman or women learn with, or learn quietly with all submissiveness. We good? Like learn, 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 okay? And he's not saying don't ask questions, okay? But he's saying that there, there's a time and a place for all things, yeah? There's a time and a place for all things. Girls, it gets better for you, okay? Verse 12, uh, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So we have to read what Paul is saying and what, like you, we can bring more context to what is happening by learning what else Paul has talked about to his letter to Timothy, okay? So what is clearly stated here? That women aren't supposed to be spiritual guides to adult men. That's what Paul is stating right now. What is, no, what is it stating? It's stating that a female, okay, cannot have spiritual authority over an adult male. Okay? So that's what it's stating there. Okay? Um, so in, in our different, uh, so, so what can women do? Okay, so in the book of Titus, yeah, um, we have an example of an older woman spiritually mentoring a younger woman. That's godly. Okay? That's at least in the Bible. Okay? What else is in there? Um, Timothy was taught by his mother and his grandmother. Spiritual things. So in that role, you can have adult women mentoring younger males. Yeah? Okay? Here's another example of what women can do. In the book of Corinthians... Okay, uh, women were praying and professing God's word in public arenas. And Paul knew that was happening and he didn't rebuke the women for doing that very thing. You guys get it? Okay. Um, and so, so women can share with men. Women can, like Jocelyn, I had you come up here and you sh- shared your um, spoken word. Okay, yeah, that's biblical. You guys hear Anna uh, when she's up here leading in praise and worship, exhorting everyone. Yeah, she's up here drawing us into the throne room of God, not just by her singing, but in these words that God gives to her. And that's for all of us, young men, young women, yeah, older men, older women. Shaka? The only place where we, we don't find, okay, or the only place where we, we find uh, 
uh, direction from Paul as far as where women are restricted is in uh, uh, spiritual shepherding of adult males. Okay? So at first you can look at it and be like, what? Scrap, what? How come? You know, like women's rights, bro, female pride, you know? So what Paul is saying is he's not saying that that women cannot do any of it. There's actually strategic places within the body of Christ where women are needed. Like God speaks to women different than he speaks to males sometimes, okay? God's created women different than they've created males, amen? And there's specific things that God uses women to accomplish within the household of God in order that one, God gets glory, and two, that there's order, But it's within the structure yeah, of God's word. So can we have female pastors? I would say yes, as long as they're pastors of younger males. or And even then, I don't know if that necessarily is the best scenario, right, for an, a, a, a lady, a female, to be grooming a male of any age. Unless it's like... Uh, Timothy's mom and grandma definitely did Timothy because he he was within their family. But for the most part, it should be a guy mentoring a guy and women mentoring women. I think that's as clear as we can have it. Okay, but there is areas where women, you guys are needed. Okay, you just got that right now, Makana. <laughs> I'm glad I repeated that. You're like, oh, okay, we're needed, Shaka. After ten minutes of. <laughs> I'm glad I repeated myself. Yes, Makana, you are needed in the household of God. Okay? But you, you actually bring up a good point, ladies. We need to guard our minds and guard our hearts with God's word. Why? Because we can get out of line real fast. Men, women, if we don't understand what our roles are within God, like, how awesome is this? God clearly defines to us what our roles are within his house. Like, it's not really left for interpretation. He's like, this is how the house of God should function. So all those who desire to become, yeah, mature, godly men, mature, godly women, it's clearly outlined for us. I was reading this and I was so excited, man. So excited to like just bring clarity to what a godly man and a godly woman are supposed to be like. Okay? So so what are th- so these are things that we can aspire to, okay? We're, we're not me, you guys. Okay? Well, me too, but I'm already in the, the path already. Amen? Like you guys are like, okay, when I become of age, yeah, in my twenties, thirties, like what am I supposed to be as a godly man, godly woman? Here's your job description, okay? Here's a thing that describes, like, what we want to be like come 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, yeah? Like, these are the things that we, we write on our walls. These are the things that we put, like, on the forefront of our minds so that, like, you know, it's like a target, right? Like, how do you know you hit the target where you actually have a target? These things should be the things that we aspire to, not the things in the world, the things that God wants us to be like. This goes way beyond career, way beyond college, amen? Amen. 
Like you're going to go to college and you come out of college. Big deal. That's only a small season in your life. But what type of person are you going to be in that time? Are you going to be godly or are you going to be ungodly? Because there's the vast majority of young people in this world who go to college and they're very ungodly. And you're going to have to make a choice, young person. Are you going to be godly at church and then ungodly when you're not at church? Because eventually, you're going to be the ungodly who doesn't go to church. But are you going to be the godly even when you don't go to church? Because the one thing that changes when you leave this place is us. You're not going to have this community, and it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a godly community around you, but... It's going to be the time where you ask yourself, what am I made of? Amen? Okay. Uh, So the youth in here, young persons, ready? So what are the things that holds us together before we get there? Verse 11, chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, 11. You guys have heard these verses before. And let's start on verse 12. Okay? Let no one despise you for your youth. But set, yeah, for the believers, an example. Young people, this is what you should be about. That you should set a godly example in your speech, in your conduct, which is your behavior, in love, in faith, and in purity. Paul says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Amen. Do not neglect the gift you have, which is given to you by prophecy when the elders lay their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this and I love this for by doing so, you will not only save yourself, but you also save your hearers. Amen. Amen. So young people, Love God in your speech. Love God in your conduct, right? Which is like behavior. Amen? Love God in your love for him and love for others. Love God by the faith that you have. And lastly, and this one we need more of. I think we need all of these anyway. But for sure, the fifth one, let us love God in our purity. Amen? Not just sexual purity, but just purity in our language, purity in our behaviors, purity in all things. Godly young people. Amen? There's more here. You guys can read um, godliness of an older man, older woman, those kind of things, like how to treat widows, how to treat elders. Um, verse 20, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 20. How do we deal with sin? Oh, shaka. You want me to read this real fast for you guys? The biblical form of how we deal with public sin. Let me just read this for you real fast. Verse 20. So this is uh, 1 Timothy 5, verse 20. As for those who persist in sin. So that means you do it all the time and people know that you're doing it. Persistent sin. The sin that you continually do and people know you continually doing it. Okay? Okay. So for those who persist in sin, Paul says, rebuke them 
in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without perjury, doing nothing from partiality. Yeah. He goes on to say, just keep yourself pure, you know. So young people, run away from sin. I haven't met too many people who've been called out publicly because of the sin that they commit. Like, Tati, I know what your sins are, and I'm going to correct you and rebuke you, not just one-on-one, but in front of everybody else. You know, things that you're like, I don't want anybody else to know. It's only me and God. You know? Like to get corrected and rebuked in front of everybody. Okay? Just calls you out, yeah. When people just call you out and they're like, you know? Okay? But even that is grace, okay? I can tell you more about that later um, because it's happened to me, Shaka. Um, But God is merciful, God is gracious. Yeah. Let's pray. Okay? Um, hey, if anybody is thinking about going to the hymn conference, the deadline is very soon. We have to buy tickets on the 31st, so make sure, make sure you come and tell me. So the, the deal was that you have to come up with at least $100 by the 29th, and we would help you, which is this Friday, okay? Which is by this Friday. If you come up with that 100 in our hands by this Friday, we'll help you raise... The rest. Uh, the full price is probably $300, but you also have your own food and stuff. Okay? So 300 plus food. Okay? Let's pray. And uh, we'll get out of here. Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Thanks, God, for your word that clearly outlines to us um, what you require of us, God, to be godly men and women. But the truth is, God, through that, you're present, God. Your spirit is here. It's done in a loving manner because we understand that we belong. And because we belong, because you've loved us just as we are, because you gave yourself on the cross, and because you continue to give yourself to us, God, what other response do we have? You've given your everything for us, God. How can we not respond to you in this loving manner? So God, in the midst of all of this, the glue that keeps all of this together is really love for you and love for others. So Lord, I just pray against the spirit of rules and regulations. I pray that nobody would leave here thinking that, you know, if I don't do these things, I'm not loved by God. It's not about being a good or bad Christian. It's just about being a son or daughter of God. And so God, thank you that you're gracious and merciful to us as we strive to be like you, even when we fail, because we will. You're gracious, loving, and kind, and forgiving. So, yeah, be present with us, God. Encourage us to become more like you. Give us the power by your spirit, God, to accomplish these things. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Um, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right.